Welcome to the Reform Journal Podcast, the Poetry Edition, where we engage with the world of contemporary poetry from a generously reformed perspective. Find us at reformjournal.com. This is the Poetry Edition of the Reform Journal Podcast. We come to you regularly to listen to a poet read a poem and talk about where the poem came from. I'm Rose Postma, and today our guest is Andrew Lansdowne. Andrew is an award-winning writer, and his most recent book, Abundance, New and Selected Poems, was shortlisted for the 2021 Australian Christian Book of the Year Award. Today we are talking with Andrew about his poem, Among the Autumn Maples. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Rose. Good to be here. And our listeners should know that Andrew is coming to us at late at night to accommodate my central time zone. So thank you for being so flexible and willing to do that all the way from Australia. Yeah, no worries. Okay, well, why don't you start and read the poem for us? Among Autumn Maples. I see four men walking in the midst of the fire, and the appearance of the fourth is like Daniel 3.25. An affinity with those men in Babylon, unfazed by fire. That's what I feel as I walk through this maple inferno. A son of the gods is how the fourth man appeared as he braved the fire. How I'm pining to see him walking among the maples. Thank you for that reading. So tell us about this poem. Where does it come from? Where are you going with it? It's uh, a setting, I guess, is in Japan. My wife, uh, Susan, and I uh, visited Kyoto during autumn, and we were really uh, struck by the autumn colours. In Australia, all of our trees are evergreens, so <laughs> we don't see those colours. And um, anyway, I was working on a, a book of poetry and photography set in autumn in Kyoto in Japan or in the Kansai area of Japan. And um, I was writing a number of poems uh, in a traditional Japanese form called the Tanka, which is a, an ancient uh, form consisting of five lines, broken, uh, the lines measured according to syllables, five, seven, five, seven, seven. So I was working within that structure, basically. And I was writing poems or endeavouring to write poems, a lot of them images poems, about the maple leaves. And in the process of doing that, this poem developed. And the stanzas, actually, there's two stanzas to it. And um, they, the stanzas actually adhere to the structural form of the tanker. Um, but it's, uh, it's not two tanker. It's a, a, unified, a unified poem. And um, so the image of the maples as an inferno was something that occurred to me. And then linking it in with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and their refusal to worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar brought up. Uh, then that, that extraordinary uh, account of the fourth man appearing, which we Christians, I think, generally take to be a pre-incarnation appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, uh, I thought, how, well, how wonderful it would be if, you, if the Lord Jesus was walking here <laughs> and you could see him. Um, so that was just the, the ideas. Yeah, and I didn't realize the Tanka connection there. I, I probably should have as a as a reader of poetry, but 
I so maybe I'm even answering my own next question, which was the question I had. I find that when I write, I have a hard time scaling back. Um, there's too much. And here you just give us a little bit, but maybe the form is also forcing that economy. But how do you limit yourself or how do you keep yourself so focused to that one particular image and idea? Because I find for myself, this is my maybe my tragic fly, as I just start going with other stuff and I have a hard time being that distilled. Well, I think the form really helps you to mm-hmm. distill the uh, the image and the, the thoughts. And that's the beautiful thing about, about traditional forms, set forms, uh, is that they aid creativity in a tremendous way. People think that they're restrictive, but they actually yeah. liberate creativity. And I found the tanker form really helps you to focus mm-hmm. in on the specific thing, thought, feeling, image that you want to explore and convey. And, um, yeah, so I think that's um, part, of, part of it too, I guess, is that I've been writing uh, tanker and haiku. I mean, that's not the only sort of poetry that I write, but I have been writing them for many years and I guess I've developed, I don't know what you would say, but the knack is not the right term, but an understanding of how to do, to focus in on the essentials. Yeah, I think that's, I don't write sonnets very often. I often talk to people who do use that form, and that's the same thing they say, that the more they do it, the form almost embeds itself in their mind. And so it's easier and easier to use that form and as a structure to express ideas. Um, what I'm hearing is I should be working with more forms, and I'm going to have to maybe spend my <laughs> spend my summer doing that. Well, it's a mixture, isn't it? Three forms and traditional forms. You don't want to just go with one or the other, but it is good to to explore yeah. the traditional forms. So they really aid creativity, and also, yes, you do become more familiar and more able to deal with them. But that sounds like it's uh, like a, a formulaic thing. But it's yeah. but it, I mean, I suppose it could develop into that but it certainly need not um you know it's um i find every time i write any poem it's always a kind of a surprise because when i when i start out i don't know that i can do it <laughs> and then and then when you've you're finishing well that one's worked all right <laughs> yeah that is so true that anxiety of every poem you begin you think no what am i even doing here i i shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> at least so that's much. how i feel when i'm writing Actually, another thing too with the uh, the tanker, and you talked about having lots of things in the poem and so on, is that um, I find that I also have lots of ideas and images, and so sometimes I write a longer poem, of course, but other times I'll split them off and write separate, write uh, more tanker than what I'd originally started out with because there's more images, more emotions, more concepts that I want to explore that can be dealt with in one tanker and so I end up writing a series of I had a series published recent, recently of 10 tanker on on the maples in autumn uh, again all of the sort of imagist tankers on various aspects of representing the maple leaves and colors yeah that's and I grew up in central california where there's not a lot of leaf changing that happens and I live in iowa now where we do no. get that leaf changing. And so I feel like every time I see that, I still, it hits me anew. And that this poem really keyed into that sort of wonder that you feel with the leaf changing. Great. <laughs> 
So I'm hoping you can read it for us a second time and we can experience it again. Be happy to do that. Among autumn maples, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire and the appearance of the fourth is like Daniel 3.25. An affinity with those men in Babylon, unfazed by fire. That's what I feel as I walk through this maple inferno. A son of the gods is how the fourth man appeared as he braved the fire. How I'm pining to see him walking among the maples. Thank you for reading and talking all things Tanka and fall and autumn um, with us today. My pleasure, Rose. Thanks for having me. You can read Andrew's poem, Among the Autumn Maples, at reformjournal.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to the Reform Journal podcast, the poetry edition. Be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And until the next time, explore all the great poetry on the Reform Journal website.